today I'm going to be sharing with you on a very uh, important subject that has been a burden in my heart and I believe the Lord is calling us to a time of deeper fellowship deeper walk to a time of prayer and seeking his face in these last days and because of our busy schedules because of our daily activities we've neglected the Lord we've neglected the place of prayer we've become so busy with so much activities and I feel deep in my heart that the Lord is calling us to that place of intimacy to that place of deeper fellowship with him excuses and neglects can cost us a whole lot in our work with the Lord Proverbs 20, 20 verse 4 the Bible said the sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold therefore shall he beg in harvest and have nothing the word plow there connotes prayer so the sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold therefore shall he beg in harvest and have nothing what you do not plow you cannot have or experience any harvest Bible saying have nothing so which means the more we give ourselves to the place of prayer the more we experience harvest and the harvest in return is the Lord himself the Bible said a slothful man under the pretense of unfavorable weather neglects cultivating his land till the proper time has passed so he has to beg in time of harvest which means there's a time to pray Jesus said when you pray say which means there's a time there's a season there's that place where we come into our closet and we go before the Lord seeking his face touching his grace he said, a slothful man under the pretense of, of unfavorable weather neglects cultivating his land. There is a land, there is a place of prayer that we need to daily cultivate, that we need to daily go before the presence of the Lord and seek his face and touch his very presence. In Hosea chapter 10 from verse 12, we are admonished to break up our fallow ground. The fallow ground talks about an unplowed ground. The Bible says, it is time to seek the Lord. It is time to seek the Lord till He comes and rain righteousness upon you. So prayer brings us to that place where we seek Him. This is beyond asking for things. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. There is that place where we come and seek the face of the Lord and seek Him and desire all that He is and all that He wants. But sometimes because of our carnal mind, because of how we've given ourselves to the activities of the flesh, we've neglected the activities of the Spirit. The Amplified Version of Uzziah chapter 10 verse 12, it says, For it is time to seek the Lord, time to inquire, and of him and to require his favor till he comes till he comes talks about visitation so which means if we do not go before him seeking him there's no way he can visit us every revival every visitation is preceded with a time of seeking the lord praying and calling upon his name 
visitation will always be as a result of man's suppression and seeking the Lord and walking with the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus said to his disciples, Can't you just pray with me for just an hour? Can't you just watch with me for an hour? I believe God is calling us to a time of prayer and deeper fellowship with Him. You know, as I'm preaching this and sharing this with you, you know, I'm also talking to me because uh, the Lord laid it in my heart and, and it points to uh, a deeper fact that God really wants to bring me into a place of prayer and fellowship with Him. And that's why He started showing me this from scriptures. And, and I'm sharing it with you. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, Paul speaking about things that are legitimate. You know, Kenneth Hagin sharing in his book, Following God's Plan for Your Life, he said, some things may not be sinful in themselves. They may not be sinful, but they'll slow you down. I believe it's time to let go of those things that, that slow you down in your race, in your work with God. You know, so many things can slow us down. Bible says, let us therefore run with patience the race that is set before us. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin that does so easily beset us. So there are weights, there are things that are unnecessary in themselves. They may be legitimate. They may be real. They may be genuine. Yes, you're tired. Yes, when you come back from work, the busy chores, your children, the activities of life and all that. But if you're going to live life all true and no time for the master, he has given everyone 24 hours of the day. And yet, we use, many of us use 10 hours for our workplace. Many of us come back home and, and spend five hours watching the TV. And the next time we spend eight hours going to bed, sleeping, and no, when you wake up in the morning, it's still the same routine. What time have we dedicated for the master? Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. It's not all things that edify. There's nothing wrong watching movies. There's nothing wrong going out to hang out with friends. But what about Jesus? What about your time with the master? The one who created you, the one who has his very life in your very being. Jesus longs for a fellowship with his children. He has not saved you so you can just make your way into heaven. No. He has called us into a life of fellowship. Paul said the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I believe the reason why you were saved was to come into that intimate relationship with the master. Paul said, all things do not edify. In the Amplified Version, we see Paul saying the same thing when he said, all things are legitimate, they are permissible. And we are free to do anything we please. Yes, you're free. Jesus will not force you. The Holy Spirit will not force you. But not all things are helpful not all things 
are profitable. Not all things are wholesome. All things are legitimate, but not all things are constructive to character and edifying to spiritual life. Whatever it is that will not add value to your spiritual life, whatever it is that will not add value to the things of God in your life, do not do it. Check the consequences of neglecting the Lord. Check the consequences of neglecting the place of prayer and fellowshiping with Him. You know, some of us, you know, spend our time before the TV and, and then spend hours and hours. That's the reason why the power of God is no longer in your life. That is the reason why the presence of God is no longer there. Because the more you stay away from the presence of God, the more you stay away from Him, the more that presence wanes now, the more it goes, you know, and disappears like the cloud. But the more you come into his presence and seek his face, the Bible says, if the cloud be full of rain, it empties itself upon the earth. God wants to fellowship with us. Paul said, all things are not profitable to me. They are not, they are not a defined, profitable in character. They are not. So what do we do? We have to prioritize all our dealings. Set your heart on things that matters most. Set your heart on things that matters to the Lord. The Bible says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself also, which means in the midst of all other things that you find delight in. Let your let the Lord be your utmost delight. Delight yourself also in the Lord. Proverbs 24, verse 30 to 34 said, Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to sleep. The lazy man's field was not plowed as a result of a little sleep, a little slumber daily. Though sleep is legitimate, yes it is. You have every reason to sleep if you're tired, if you're back from work, if, you have, if you've had a, busy, a very busy day at work or probably uh, doing some other things. Yes, the needs that, that the, our body needs that time of rest and will always crave for it. Oh, the flesh wants to rest. The flesh wants to relax. The flesh wants to eat everything. The flesh wants to have its way. Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So, are we going to live by the flesh or we're going to walk by the spirit? Are we instructed? By the word of God to live only by the Spirit. The Bible says, They that are in the flesh cannot please God. So, how do you intend to live your Christian life? Is it by pleasing the flesh and walking in the flesh? How can you walk with God that way? Paul, by the Spirit, said in Romans chapter 8, verse 12 to 13, So, therefore, brethren, we adapt us not to the flesh to live after the flesh. But if you live after the flesh, after the dictates of your flesh, perhaps you shall die. But if you, through the Spirit, that's the Holy Ghost, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? Proverbs said. When will you arise out of your sleep? So we are not to live by our flesh. We are not to be body ruled were to live by the Spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation today who walk not after the flesh, not after the dictates of the flesh, 
but after the dictates of the spirit so i'm a child of the spirits and therefore i live by the spirit and i walk in the spirit so i engage myself in the activities of the spirit what are the activities of the spirit spending time in standing in your office as a priest he has made us kings and priests unto god and his father so what does a priest do he offer up gifts of sacrifices of praise and worship before the lord so as a priest i go before the lord and i seek his face and i offer up the fruit of my lips hallelujah what do we do to our body there's only one thing we do to our body Paul talked about how he handled his body in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 25-27. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. In verse 27 Paul said, "But like a boxer, I buffet my body." Like a boxer. Like a boxer. I buffet my body and handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships. and subdue it is it i so which means the real you is inside the real you is your spirit man the real you is the one on the inside you say i buffet my body and i bring it under subjection so the body is just your clothing that you live in so we are not to be ruled or governed by a body we are to be ruled by the spirit so we walk by the spirit not by the dictates of the flesh that's what to do to the body execute it so if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body you shall live so true living is by the spirit so what do we do we engage the 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 the, the spirit man and starve the cravings of the flesh starve it to the activities subjected to the activities of the spirit what are the activities of the spirit I'll repeat again the time you spend in prayer studying of the word giving yourself to God's word worshiping and fellowship with the holy spirit you know where that time where you separate yourself and fast unto the lord and you become susceptible to the spirit of the living god Paul talked about in fasting often you know killing the body and, and executing the body you know allowing the senses of the spirit you know to be much alive than that of the flesh not living by the five senses but living by the spirit of god but all of these can only be possible by the holy ghost now I, 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 let me set a balance i'm not saying uh, when you are when you, when there's need for you to take care of yourself you don't do that so that you will not uh, misunderstand what i'm saying god rested bab said on the sixth day uh, you know and on the sabbath day that he chose after creating the whole universe and finishing all of the creations that he has proposed in his heart you know god rested and also he admonishes us as well that's why he created the sabbath for man to rest Yes, there's a need for you to rest. There's time for you to, you know, when you feel exhausted, when you've done much, you can take a nap, you can have time so that you don't have a bodily breakdown. Oftentimes also we see Jesus, 
you know, after dealing with the crowd, Bible says Jesus, you know, took his disciples when they came back uh, preaching. Jesus said, "Let's go to a place and rest." So Jesus also encourages us, you know, to rest. What I'm emphasizing here is a place and time that we devote and dedicate to prayer. You know, when you delight in the Lord and give Him that place more than anything else, you want to set your priorities straight. You want to put first things first. You want Jesus to come first. See, God watches you daily to see His place in your heart and in your daily activities. I repeat that: God watches you daily to see His place in your heart and in your daily activities. So every day that I live, God watches my heart to see His place. The way you react, the way you interact with your friends. God checks your heart if you think about him. God checks your heart if you have those thoughts where you start meditating on his word even on your daily life. But when we come to his presence, the Bible said the flesh dies. Your time to God means your heart for God. Your time for God means your heart and love for him. You see you are two lovers. as described in songs of solomon chapter 5 from verse 1 to 7 say i am my beloved and my beloved is mine do not ignore the love of your beloved do not ignore and therefore jesus admonishes his disciples say stay awake with me he said the flesh indeed is weak but the spirit is willing Now let me read that verse of scripture in Matthew chapter 26 beginning from verse 38 Jesus had finished a crusade and you know having a wonderful time ministering to the people and all day you can imagine in those days if must have trekked around and you know preach the gospel everywhere reaching out to people men and women and then at this point Jesus needed to go and pray the garden of Gethsemane Bapsa then said he unto them my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death so tarry ye and watch with me I can hear the voice of the master say watch with me that's all he wants the Bapsa the high of the Lord runs to and fro is looking for that man who will stand in the gap and watch with him So I will stand upon my watch and set me upon a tower. God is setting you up. God is raising mighty men and women in these last days and you were one of them. And set me upon a tower and will watch to see what he had to say unto me. So if you did not set up yourself on that play platform or plateau that God can use you, he will never speak to you. Habakkuk chapter 2 beginning from verse 1. He said I will stand upon my watch and set me upon a tower. I will watch to see what he shall say unto me. Bible says the Lord answered and said unto me, Write the vision, make it plain upon the tables that he may run he that reads it. But you have to come to that place where God can see you, where God can can hear your voice, where he can feel your heart connect to his heart. The Bible says deep call it unto deep at the noise of the waters proud, where your heart connect with the heart of the master. 
as you seek him daily. He said, if you seek me, you shall find me. How do we find him? He said, when you have sought for me with all of your heart, a half-hearted seeking will not find God. He said, when you have sought for me with all of your heart, the Bible says, a heartfelt, continual prayer of a righteous man avails much. Verse 39 of Matthew 26, the Bible says, and he went the little father and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Verse 40. And he cometh unto the disciples, and finding them asleep, and said unto them, What? Could you not watch with me an hour? Could you not watch with me one hour? Bible say, finding them asleep. Jesus never expected them to be sleeping. Yes, he knows they're tired. He knows they've been very busy. And that was the reason why he separated these three from the crowd and brought them to watch with him in the place of prayer. Bible say he found them asleep and said unto them, What could you not watch with me one hour? And the living Bible says, Stay awake with me. God wants you to stay awake with him. In the previous part I mentioned to you about the legitimacy of sleep. Yes, it is legitimate. Yes, when you're tired, when it's done, yes, you can sleep. But you see, Paul said something. He said, but all things are not profitable to me in adding value to my spiritual character. So which is more better of? Are we going to act like Saul, like Esau? The Bible said, who for one muscle of meat sold his bed, right? Esau did not understand the power and the potency of the blessing of the bed, right? Bible said he sold it for red pottage. Who for one muscle of meat sold his bed, right? The Bible said, though he sorted it out with tears, he didn't get it. There was no place of repentance found for him. So Esau did not understand the, 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 the efficacy of the birthright of a firstborn. And he sold it out for a red pottage. And many times we have exchanged that. You may not have, may not be a pottage necessarily, but sometimes the, the, the television, our time with friends, our time in front of uh, so many activities of, of life, we have neglected that which God has called us into. So Jesus said, could you not watch with me one hour? The minimum time that God expects us is an hour. That's the minimum estimated time that you expect your, your fellowship with Him. But as you come, He brings you into that deeper waters. The body is weak and unwilling when it comes to staying awake in prayer but the spirit longs for such a moment and we adapt us not to the flesh to live after the flesh it's a day that of the flesh cannot please god so the more we continue to neglect the place of prayer neglect the lord the more our flesh and our spirit man dies Those who move according to the dictates and appetites of the flesh cannot plead God. 
God is a spirit. And the Bible says, they that seek him must seek him in spirit and in truth. So you cannot seek the Lord in the flesh. You can only seek him in the spirit. It is our spirit drinking from his eternal spirit. It's a deep color unto deep. From his boils and from our boils. So out of your belly shall flow. You are either feeding your body or your spirit man. The Bible admonishes us not to be body ruled. This is what you do. Develop and give room to your spirit to be in charge. Let your spirit tell your body what to do, where to go, when to sleep. Let the activities of the spirit override the activities of the flesh. These activities is by the Holy Ghost. God is calling us daily to a time of prayer and fellowship with Him. Staying awake with Him, for He neither sleeps nor slumbers. The Living Bible translates this and said, Keep a lot and pray. As we read further, verse 43, the Bible says, And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy, and he left them, and went away, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. He found them asleep again. He found them asleep again. How many times has the Lord come to you and has given you that nudge to pray and, and He finds you asleep? He finds you sleeping. He finds you doing any other, other activities other than seeking His face. Bab said, You found Him asleep again the third time, and their eyes were very heavy. Verse 45 Then come He to His disciples and said unto, unto them, Sleep on and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. There was a verse keep that's verse 41. Jesus said, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. He said, The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your spirit is more willing to pray than your flesh. The only time we are to give sleep to our eyelids and take rest is when we have received victory in the place of prayer. The last time Jesus met them, he had already received victory over death. Because Satan was planning to kill him before he gets to the cross. But Jesus received victory. Hallelujah. Victory over the forces of darkness that tried to kill him before going to the cross. Sleep is only permitted at, after we have traveled in the, in the place of prayer and prevailed. And after that, that's where the reality of what... Um, the preacher said in Proverbs, he said, The sleep of the laborer is sweet. At other times in verse 38 and 40 and 43, as we saw in Matthew chapter 26, he never expected them to be asleep. But when he came in verse 45, Jesus said, Sleep on. Which means there are times he expects you to be awake with him. Will you stay awake with the master? The truth is the fact that your body is tired and the night has fallen doesn't mean it's time to sleep. There's what the body should do. There's what the body should not do. 
Hallelujah. There's an activity of the Spirit. We saw Paul said, I discipline my body. Like an athlete, from reading from the, um, the New Living Translation, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. The word I is real you, as I said earlier. So you are the one to discipline your body by the help of the Holy Ghost. Self-discipline, body discipline. Self-discipline requires an honest look at your strength and weakness with emphasis on the letter. It means building the will to say no when a powerful appetite inside you screams yes. A prayer life is a self-disciplined life. When you pray, when you stand praying, Jesus said, so there's a time to stand praying. The Holy Spirit does not help you to pray. He helps you as you pray. When you invite Him, you start, He continues. You see, that's what makes it unique. When we start, He continues. Self-discipline is a long, steady course in learning attitudes that do not come naturally and channeling natural appetites toward God's purpose. Sometimes you may not feel like praying, but you see, it's not a feeling. It's an act of love and passion for the Lord, our heart for Him. We are called people of prayer. And as we give ourselves to this kind of sway of the Spirit, you begin to find your life move from one level of glory to another. As the presence of God becomes your hiding place, how do we expect to see miracles in these last days? Like the wonderful apostles saw, like Miss Kuman saw, prayer became her life. Like the great men of old saw, prayer became part of their ministry. They were both men of the word and of prayer. Therefore, today, God is calling us to that place of prayer. God wants to fellowship with you by His Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to bring you to that place where you depend completely on Him. How do Christians live their life without prayer? I'm not talking about mumbling a few words before going to bed. I'm talking about spending quality time in the presence of Jesus, the Master. And as you do that, your life will begin to change. The presence of God become more real to you than you've ever known. The Word of God will come alive in you. And as we worship with Him, He begins to open our eyes to see things that are far off. So who is blind but my servant? Who is deaf but my messenger that I have sent? So seeing many things you observe it not, because the Spirit is dead. I see things changing for us in the body of Christ. Therefore, take this word in your heart. And today, begin seeking the Lord and the word in the place of prayer and ministering to the Lord. And the glory of God will fill your life and fill your home. 
and you will never remain the same again. Thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. And please ensure you connect with us on other podcasts as God will be blessing your life in Jesus' name. Thank you. Love you. Bye-bye.